0: Welcome to the first podcast from VJ Hemonk. We're a multimedia channel that promotes the latest Hemonk news and research to healthcare professionals globally. We recently covered the Myeloma 2017 Expert Workshop in Edinburgh, including exciting clinical updates, expert interviews and stimulating debates. In this podcast, the main points of debate from the highly anticipated panel discussion on the hot topic of MRD are discussed by Professor Geoffrey Wolfe, Dr. Roger Owen, Dr. Bruno Paver, Dr. Nina Shah, and Dr. Joaquin Martinez-Lopez. Questions asked in the discussion included, should MRD be the primary endpoint for clinical trials? Should MRD negativity be the goal of myeloma treatment? And are we yet at the point to use MRD in the clinic? Listen out for our experts' predictions of where MRD
1: research is going in the coming years. We just had a remarkable discussion on uh, minimal residual disease, that is MRD testing, which is certainly one of the hottest topics in myeloma uh, today. Uh, Issues such as uh, how to measure it, uh, how deep do we need to go to measure it, uh, does it predict for progression-free and overall survival, can we use it to make clinical decisions? And I have uh, some of my wonderful uh, faculty sitting here who participate in that discussion. I'd like to turn to them to perhaps get some of that discussion going again. So for starters, we we have uh, Roger and Bruno and Nina and Joaquin, uh, who presented uh, their data and have discussed this. Um, Do we believe um, that MRD negativity should be our goal with initial treatment of myeloma?
2: Uh, there's certainly compelling evidence now uh, from a range of studies uh, and these were all presented at the session about the overwhelming effect of, uh, of MRD negativity on outcome and certainly the data with highly sensitive techniques would suggest a very favourable outcome from those that achieve disease levels below 10 to the minus 6. So certainly that should, I think,
3: be our goal of therapy. Bruno? Well, I was just sharing with Joaquin while we were in the podium that this is the session in, in which you see the people become more passionate about a single topic with every discussion there i think we are just we are just blessed because uh, we have now the techniques highly sensitive techniques that we have never had before and the results were good before so just imagine how the results will be with the newer techniques we have many different treatments that are highly effective with a good tolerability which means that you can combine plus we have now some criteria it may not be Perfect, but we have a starting criteria which should allow to unite how we measure MRD all around the world. And I think that three, these three um, findings happening more or less at the same time really set the stage for the next five years for uh, the community to work together, particularly within clinical trials, and try to assess the most important questions about how to use MRD to, opti- to optimize patients' management.
1: So, Nina, that really is the question. Are we yet at a point where we can use MRD to make clinical decisions?
4: I think this was very hotly debated because in some ways it's difficult to see MRD and measure it and, and, net, and yet not use it clinically, except that we always know that MRD predicts for a better outcome when it's negative. I think one of the things that was difficult for us to tease out is what does MRD positivity mean? Overall, it's less good than negative, but not all MRD people who are positive are the same. And so until we know how to further differentiate those people, it's difficult to make a clinical decision or difficult to say that we have to make a clinical decision on it. But it's a very touchy subject.
5: Joaquin, is the goal MRD negativity? Uh, For clinical trial and approval of drug, I think so. For clinical decision, we have to learn a lot of other disease, like uh, CML.
1: Like CML, yes. Back to Roger. Should MRD be part of all clinical studies at this point?
2: um I, I, th- I think we should be doing clinical trials where we use where we're using MRD to answer key clinical decisions uh, that will allow us to tailor therapy uh, and as, as I say, I think we need to be uh, looking prospectively at this so that we will then be able to answer for the community whether a positive intervention based on an MRD assessment, whether that means intensifying therapy in the context of a positive or increasing value, or de-escalating or stopping treatment in the, in the presence of persistent negativity is something that improves the overall outcome for patients.
1: Bruno, for those out there who don't know a lot about MRD testing, can you maybe comment on the uh, advantages and disadvantages of, say, flow versus uh, next-gen sequencing?
3: Well, I would start with, uh, with the, I would say, the most important uh, requirement which is to use or to work with a next-generation technique, very sensitive one, providing you are there, then I don't see that much of a difference between one method or the other. You always find discordances, but these will be few, and we need to see what is their clinical implication. But bottom line, to work really with very sensitive methods, because as as we have seen, both from the flow world and the molecular world, even MRD levels as low as 10 to the minus 5 or 10 to the minus 6, they are correlated with a short time to relapse. This being said, it's important to know that uh, there isn't a technique that is 100% perfect. Each technique has its own set of advantages and disadvantages. Cost, for example, flow is cheaper. Molecular is more expensive. Uh, Molecular has the great advantage that you can store sample, centralize sample, and then analyze later on. Flow gives you the advantage that since you need to analyze in 24 36 hours you can actually use that fresh sample to analyze the quality of the sample this is important in order to preclude a false negative result just because it was blood and not mrd and then do other studies like nina suggested to try and figure out how to discriminate between an mrd positive patient patient with a high risk of relapse at the short term And we know from from many other clinical studies that patients with unsustained CR, let's say during the first year, they usually have dismal overall survival, patients that are difficult to salvage, and then other MRD-positive patients that can enjoy a very long-term progression-free survival, even off treatment. So I think this is important work to be done in the future. Harder to standardize flow, though. Well, or sequencing, it's the same. You have methods, and fortunately in myeloma, we are really, really blessed because we have two great methods. It's plus imaging. Other hematological malignancies are not as advanced as myeloma. so We are really fortunate. So one thing is the availability of methods that have been optimally developed, well validated, and the other is adhesion to those methods. Ultimately, it will be the adhesion to the methods that will dictate how much standardized they will be. Different concepts.
1: Nina, one of the uh, discussion points was whether early MRD negativity is better than later MRD negativity. Could you comment on that?
4: Yeah, I actually was uh, very impressed by the data that was shown, kind of looking at this saying that for our patients who were able to achieve MRD negativity before starting maintenance, those patients did better than the patients who achieved it after starting maintenance therapy. And, and even though that was sort of a sort of sub-analysis, I think it was very informative because we know that if I had a patient who did one or the other, I would know that they would behave a little bit differently. Again, not knowing whether we'd make treatment decisions based on this, but just understanding their disease course a little bit better. So probably getting there earlier is a surrogate for how easy it is is to treat their disease, uh, and it's something about their disease. Um, we don't know how to get there earlier just yet. Maybe some forthcoming novel combinations.
1: Dr. Well, keen to hit again on the uh, issue of uh, different kinds of relapse, um, we're recognizing so many more varieties of, uh, of myeloma. Could you comment a little bit on that?
5: Broadly uh, in my opinion. No. The problem of, for example, of high-risk patients is that they they achieve CR, they respond very well, but they are MRD positive. We can identify very well this patient because if the patient that achieves MRD negativity is high risk, uh, have good prognosis, but uh, a few number of patients achieve MRD negativity in the ice rig, uh, group of patients. The other thing is the control, the immune control, immune control of the minimal residual disease. Some patients that show Bruno showed that la- last year. Uh, some patients in uh, MRD positivity have a uh, co- immune control of the MRD. And this is very important it's very important to identify this kind of patient in the future.
3: I'd like to echo on, on Joaquin because uh, well, also now the Buffalo group has also provided yeah. some new data on the transplant was setting about immune monitoring but that's still far ahead from us what many groups the spanish our uk colleagues the french group and others have shown that if a patient is high risk cytogenetics at baseline and persists as mrd positive outcomes are usually very poor and i think this is clearly an unmet patient population for other clinical but we don't have any alternative treatment, yeah. treatment for
5: these patients. So this
1: is a patient we would like to react to if we see that and do yeah. something. We don't know what, but do yeah. Some, yeah. something sure. different, not just it. sit on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Roger, you you have tremendous uh, data in uh, non-transplant eligible patients. It seems that there's no difference there. That is, getting to MRD negativity is important in that setting too. So if you have an 80 year old patient, is the goal MRD negativity?
2: Um, I, I, ideally, the, I guess the answer to that is yes, but we need to balance uh, that against our overall goals of therapy in context of comorbidities and performance uh, status, etc. But our, our data shows that uh, MRD, uh, our achievement of MRD negativity, does provide a survival advantage in that setting. The Uh, general principles that we have demonstrated before in terms of its independence of uh, therapy uh, and the value in terms of um, Survival benefit, according to log reductions of disease, has been recapitulated in that setting. And MRD-negative remission is the same regardless of what therapy you've received, and it's also regardless of age. So we have done that analysis. So for elderly patients, it still remains, uh, uh, it still remains, a goal. But clearly, uh, that is not necessarily achievable in the, the context of right, the whole patient. Right, in every patient, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Bruno, as we were walking here, you mentioned your plans or somebody's plans to try to reach out and help standardize flow. Um, Where are we going with that?
3: Well, um, during the last two years, um, many laboratories, for example, in Spain, have uh, have received investigators from all over the world. We have organized also workshops for investigators from country A, B, C. We have also traveled a lot and I'm. I'm really. You
1: can certainly come to San Francisco. We need the
3: help. Thank you. And I'm really delighted to say that we have seen uh, amazing uh, implementation and reproducibility of data in, uh, in a large number of countries all around the world. I can tell you that the latest figures I had was that uh, the method was being done in uh, more than forty laboratories outside of Spain, spread around sixteen countries. So I think that uh, it's progressively growing. I think that in parallel, we should now work, as we are working in fact, on setting up a quality control system. This has been done, uh, well, the UK is, they have an outstanding experience about this. This has been done for other diseases, for example, AML also in the US. So it's possible, it's feasible, and I think it's desirable to make a quality control so that we know that all these laboratories are performing the assay at, at, at its peak performance.
1: Nina, you're a recent convert. Do you believe in MRD now?
4: I think uh, not only from what I've been taught by you, but also because of today's session that I really do think MRD is the new CR. And if we use CR, PR, VGPR to tell us how our patients are doing, we also can use MRD as an endpoint in clinical trial in that way. Again, we don't know now more than ever what CR would mean for PFS or anything like that. We think it'll predict. So I think that MRD negativity should be the new standard for which we say, okay, CR, and if you're going to judge a drug being approved on that, I think that is fine.
1: Thank
0: you very much. Thanks for listening. To be the first to hear about further Hemonc updates, including upcoming content from ASH 2017, visit us at vjhemonc.com and subscribe to our e-alerts. Let us know what you think on Twitter at VJHemonk.